0: Oh yeah, I'm feeling this, I'm really feeling this, the illness vibe with me, Uh uh-huh, yo check me out though. Georgetown, windows down, music loud. Okay. Women goosing now. I'm the one they're choosing now. Okay. I remember women never gave me time of day. Now Aye. they hit my line, trying to link it with the time and place. Mm. Mingle with the model chicks, out of town exotic chicks. chicks. Yeah, even them native Chaka City chicks. chicks. Making all new women friends, maybe friends with benefits. Vintage. But you know I'm beneficial. huh? So what you wanna do? I'ma call my crew. You gon' call your crew. We can rendezvous at the bar around two. Plans to leave. Throw the keys to D-Breeze. So what's up, girl? You sliding Riding? You, you looking for commitment or just one night? one night, one night. thinking about your ex or excitement with the so Rocking with the illest, the men that's not named Dennis. Uh-uh. My rhyme scheme ridiculous, I flow with the wickedness. You know? Timothy bring energy, mass appeal rising critically. Ooh. Bruce Wayne swag with the Peter Parker tendencies. Shh. I don't mean no rap you up, but I do like rapping to you. You caught my eye, now I want to know what matters to you. I see you happy with me, just know that I'm happy for you. Look you in your eyes and let you you know that I adore you It's not every day you meet a girl that's gonna be loyal girl, Welcome
1: working. to Bigger in The Yo, Game with the Deremy show. and Jose I'm Deremy Dove and I'm joined by so a special to guest today to This is his head third head time head on, head on, head. on the podcast So I'm, I'm glad that he's been able to join me again And uh, this is someone who has so much wrestling knowledge You know, I, I like to joke around that he was a former writer for WWE He knows the McMahons personally He's good friends with Vince. Vince is like a father figure to him. All that good stuff. So, you know, with the big sale for WWE, WrestleMania just happened. There's no one else I wanted to talk to than my man, Tim Lewis. Tim, thanks for joining us again.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that, man. Uh, Thank you for that warm introduction, as always. Uh, You know, I got to do the thing every time I come on the show. um, I know I got the Austin 316 shirt on right now, you know, but... It doesn't matter what kind of shirt I got on because finally, finally, the Tim has come back to Bigger Than The Game podcast with my man Danny.
1: I love it. I love it, man. I love it. So, you know, there's so much to talk about in the world of pro wrestling right now. What um, We're going to start with, we have the two big things for WWE. That's WrestleMania 39 just happened. The big sale to Endeavor. So we're, we're going to start with a WrestleMania recap, Tim. And I know you and I were texting during, you know, the, the two-night event. And I guess the first question I should ask is, it's been, they've been doing it for a few years. How do you feel about WrestleMania being a two-night event?
2: Uh, well, to be honest, you know, when they first did it, I mean, obviously they had to do it because of the pandemic. So that's the only reason why. Um, and you know, it still turned out to be successful, you know, um, but I wasn't really sure how to feel about it. Cause you know, just growing up, you know, for so many years, WrestleMania just being one night. Um, and mainly it would just be like four, three to four hours or so like that. Um, but you know, in recent years kind of dragged on, you know, it's with the pre-show and then the actual main show is like almost an eight hour event now. So I can understand mm-hmm. why, I can understand why they transitioned to two nights. So I guess it works out for everybody. Plus they, you're able to get uh, more, more talent on the, on the roster. On the card. Um, so, I mean, I guess it works out for everybody, you know.
1: But. Yeah, I kind of felt like it was needed. I, I remember, I think, it's probably that first, that WrestleMania where Seth Rollins came in doing Brock and Roman. They were, I think they were out in, like, San Fran or something like that that year. And it, it was just like, you know, because I love the WrestleMania. You get the pregame party. You get with people. It, it's like the, the only time, like, you get an event like that, which is, like, the Super Bowl. Or NBA playoff game of March Madness, and I remember all right. Pre-game party at someone's house at six o'clock. I don't leave till like one a.m. and I'm like, this is too long here. I got we got to change this up. Yeah, we got to change it up. So I, I'm I'm definitely appreciative of that it's become a two night event for everything you said, but also just because I'm getting older, man. I need some sleep, so hey. I gotta go to bed.
2: Hey, I hear you. Same here. You know, I remember that WrestleMania too. Um, you know, like. We literally saw that WrestleMania. It was like it went from day to night. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's how long that WrestleMania was, you know. But they were on West Coast time, so it it makes sense for over there, you know. But But
1: it it was brutal. But let me, you know, we had so many big matches that happened this past WrestleMania. You know, what, what stood out to you for WrestleMania 39? Like pros and cons. Well, what did you like about it?
2: Well, let me see. It was. It was a lot of. It was. Let me. Let me get. Let me be honest. So, it was. It was some filler in there. You know, I'm saying not. Not so. Not so many great matches, but it was also some really good matches too on that card on both nights. You know, um, really the match out to me, obviously the triple threat match for the Intercontinental Title. Gunther, you know, McIntyre, Sheamus. You know, what I'm saying just as Sheamus would say, "Banger at the banger." You know, mm-hmm. that it, it really delivered. You know, I, I feel like that was the best match that entire weekend, you know, for both nights. Um, also, Bianca Belair versus Asuka, that was a really good match. I feel like one of the more slept on uh, feuds hidden in the mania as well because everybody was focused. They was talking about Charlotte and Rhea and everything, but I feel like Bianca and Asuka had a really good build quietly. You know, it wasn't a whole lot of talking, a whole lot of promos, just like more so mind games and stuff. Um, so I really, I really liked that, and the match delivered, you know, and you can kind of argue who should have went over between Oscar and Bianca, but I actually like you know Bianca kind of like quietly building up this undefeated streak at WrestleMania, you know, and establishing her legacy. So I'm curious to see what they do with her next year and who her next opponent will be. Um, another match, obviously, is Dominic versus Rey Mysterio, father versus son. You know, we finally got the big payoff. It was like six months in the making. Well, actually, if you've been watching for a long time, actually, 18 years in the making. You know, back from the time when Ray was fighting Eddie for the custody of Dominic in that ladder match right. slam. So just to see that, you know, come to fruition and the culminate at WrestleMania. You know, it was a big like I lost it when Ray took off his belt and started whipping Dom. You know, so
1: it, it was a good one. Yeah. It was a good one. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah. And also, yeah. What what what, what were some uh, some cons for you? Um, I
2: felt like. Cena and Therese match it was decent, but it could have been much better, you know what I'm saying uh, I just, and also the chemistry was kind of off between the two of them, so I don't know if it was like miscommunication or something, but it just seemed like, I don't, I don't know what was going on there, but it just seemed like it could have been much better, you know um, the six woman tag match you know, Trish, Lita, and Becky and damage control it is what it is, you know, but it, it, that could have been better as well um Brock and Omos a little bit better than I expected. Omos looked great. Brock, and Brock he so he really sold for Omos made Omos look a million. He did. He, you know, and Brock does, he, we know Brock doesn't sell for everybody, you know, especially for the big guys, but he really made Omos look good, you know, but uh, you know, that match it was what it was, you know, wasn't like spectacular or nothing. Um, and this another con which wasn't a match but more so just like uh, bad booking like Bobby Lashley, for instance. Uh, He he was in the Andre Giant Battle Royal the the night before WrestleMania on SmackDown. Not on Mania, on SmackDown. He won, which is good. I mean, at least they gave him something because, you know, he was supposed to originally fight Bray Wyatt, but Bray was sidelined due to, like, an illness or injury or something like that. Um, So it's unfortunate. You know, Bobby just got left in limbo. So instead of him just having a match or having, like, a run-in with The Miz, like, Miz had two spots at Mania against... Um, Pat McAfee and Snoop Dogg. Like, why couldn't Bobby Lashley fill in one of those spots? You know what I'm saying? And look, we all love Pat. I love Pat, but I feel like that was like a uh, mismanagement on booking on that part. Like, Pat should have been on commentary for both nights. That's just me. Um, and Bobby Yeah, I kind of thinking- wonder...
1: Yeah. I was just saying, I kind of wonder if maybe... Cause, I mean, Pat, Pat's everywhere right now. Pat yeah. is all the place, so I kind—I know his wife is due anytime, you know, coming up soon with their their first child. But I kind of, cause I—I I agree, and I love Corey. I've grown to really love Michael Cole. I never thought I would say five years ago I probably wouldn't have said that. Yeah. But I love Cole. I, I, Corey's really good. But I think that Cole, Corey, and McAfee would have been a good trio. I agree, but I kind of think maybe he could. I'd rather him just do commentary Saturday night. Than him to come in and do the match. I don't know. Like it. It even like I love George Kittle, but that whole it's like Kittle and McAfee beating up on the Miz, and in WrestleMania is known to do that over the years where they're doing you know the fun celebrity filler thing. But uh, I'd rather have McAfee on the on the on the microphone doing the commentary, going back and forth with Corey Graves than than doing what he did there. Gotcha. Um, one thing you said has interests me in this name always interests everybody in the world of WWE and mixed martial arts is Brock Lesnar. And Brock's had a real, I mean, you got to give him props is where that his career has been on paper. It's been amazing. Just all that he's accomplished amateur wrestling, pro wrestling, uh, MMA. But there's, for me, there's been some things, especially since this recent comeback, how he's booked in WWE. How do you feel, though, he's been the past, i say, year or so as far as Brock Lesnar and, like, really the transformation, I feel like we're kind of seeing with him.
2: Um, I feel like I've really enjoyed this current run, at least up until what happened the night after WrestleMania with the whole swerve and everything. Swerve, bro. Swerve. (laughs) Up until that swerve on Raw, the Mania, I really enjoyed this last brock run you know like i feel like it's a breath of fresh air kind of like almost a callback to brock from his first one from 2002 2004 you know like he's shown the most personality he's shown since his first run you know he's he's handling himself well on the mic you know doing the best he can um even changed his look got the ponytail got the cowboy hat you know kind of almost kind of like reinventing himself a little bit in a way right you know but and I really enjoyed it. It was like a breath of fresh air, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, he's a face, people cheering for him. Like, they popped for him anyway when he was a heel, so it's like, it made sense, you know? And, um, and also, if you notice, like, he hasn't beaten Roman the last three times he's fought him, so he he's come back, he's putting people over, he put over Lassie, despite the criticism of some of those matches, he has put over Lassie, you know, like twice, you know? It may not be the finishes that we wanted to see, but the record's always going to state that, hey, Bobby Lashley beat Brock Lesnar, and that, and, that and, and one of those for the titles as well, you know, so, you know, I really enjoyed this run, so I'm curious to see what they do with this whole feud with Cody and where that's headed, you know, it's not really making sense, but I guess we'll find out more details as the weeks go on, as we get into backlash, you know, but that's a whole other conversation
1: though. Right, right, and I, and I agree, I think, I haven't been the biggest Brock Lesnar fan in a long time, but... I was surprised that he was able to hold his own on the mic after being so long and him having Heyman. And I am pleasantly surprised that they didn't just stick him with the belt and let him have this run. Romans has his time and letting Brock put people over. I thought the match with Omos shocked the hell out of me. It was way better than I thought it would be. And I give credit to both guys. It wasn't long. You know you can't go long with those two big You know, Brahma Bulls, as JR would say, but they did a great job. You know, Brock sold for him really well. And I'm wondering, I just want to see what this can do for Omas. Like, that's the kind of push that I think he needs to kind of take it to that next level.
2: Yeah. And and to add, um, uh, just go back to Omas and Brock. I feel like they should have swapped Omas and Lashley. Lashley and Omas should have swapped places. Omas should have been in the Battle Royal. You know, they're kind of building up to be the next Andre the Giant anyway, at least that was Vince's plan, you know, before he stepped down, you know, they should build, almost be like the next Andre the Giant, build him up as an attraction, let him be this dominant giant, this tearing through the roster, you know, you saw what he did against Brock, you know what I'm saying, imagine what he was doing with everybody else, you know, he could have did all that in the Battle Royal, one, that would have put him over big time, you know, Um, and Bobby should have finished his feud with Brock at WrestleMania, not at Elimination Chamber, you know what I'm saying, Especially with a DQ. Like, they, they got to run that back at some point. They can't let it end like that, you know.
1: But why why do you, do you think this is them just trying to build it up again? Because this was what everyone... Everyone has wanted this matchup for darn near almost 20 years. Yeah, I mean... And so why not give it to them at WrestleMania?
2: I, I don't I don't know. It could just be, like, politics. You, you know how that thing goes, man. It could be backstage politics, you know. I, I, I don't really have the answers to all that, you know, so... But I feel like it was just a missed opportunity. It's one of the rare misses from Triple H, you know, during, since he took over, I will say. So I feel like they definitely should have held off on that till Mania and let them wrap it up there. But hopefully they run it back. You know, I mean, last year he's a face right now, and Brock is back being the heel. So there is potential to kind of run that back maybe for SummerSlam. But I feel like they, they really missed the boat on WrestleMania, you know, the capital. All
1: ah, right. So something you just said there I got to bring up. Because last summer – Vince McMahon, the scandal breaks out. I'm 77. I've been a great ride. I got to retire. It's like, wow, who would have thought Vince stepping down? It was kind of mind-blowing. Scandal around it, all that stuff. All right, so now Triple H, what people have wanted for years. He's in creative. You and I would text about it. Started off on fire, making the right choice, bringing back so many people. It felt like he's doing the right things. And then... You hear around Christmas time, the fall, December, Vince might be coming back and he's the biggest shareholder, so trying to get the sale going. And he's, but it's still Triple H's thing. And wouldn't you know, Tim, at least in my opinion, the booking starts getting a little funky. We start going back to those Vince ways. And I kind of like to what you say, I would give this WrestleMania overall. C plus to B minus.
2: Yeah, about the same. About the same for me as well.
1: And what I'll say is, where they were going when Triple H first started, I thought this was going to be an A WrestleMania.
2: It should have been. It should have been. We haven't even touched on the main event yet. You know what I'm saying? But right, right. You know, you know how I feel about that. You know what I'm saying? But,
1: <laughs> but and, and we're gonna get to it. I, I I promise. I just I just was just like, I'm wondering what is what do you think is going on because what it seems like is I don't know who's running WWE right now from the outside. Now, you had that inside used to work there. You got those connections. So just help me out here. Who do you think? Is it Paul? Is Paul running this? Who's running this? Well, per my sources. <laughs> okay.
2: From what I've heard, what i read. Um, so as you know, the sale took place with Endeavor. Which merges uh, UFC and WWE. So Vince and Dana White, they still are in control. They still have a say in what goes on as far as like WWE and Dana White has a say in what goes on with UFC. Um, it's just that Vince no longer has majority voting power uh, once the deal is finalized. Like he he still has like 18% like, uh, shareholding rights or whatever like that. Like once the deal closes. And then after that, he no longer has majority sale. Uh, majority voting rights, so I guess that is like somewhat of a silver liner right there, I guess. Um, but he is somewhat involved in creative, but just not in the thick of it. So Triple H on Not day-to-day? Day. Yeah. So Triple H is still head of, uh, head of creative on paper, you know what I'm saying, for now. Um, but Vince, he's involved at a higher level, you know what I'm saying, as he said in the quote. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe... And you saw you saw Raw at the Mania like that was clearly a Vince show, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, and you could just tell the difference like just from watching SmackDown, even this past Raw, like you could tell it's a, a completely different, two different shows from what we saw Raw at the Mania because tri- you could tell Triple H is back in power on SmackDown and this neck this past Raw right here. But
1: well, for for people listening, break down what do you mean it was a Vince show? It was, which was different than what we've been getting. Well,
2: it was reported and speculated, you know, that Vince was. And actually, there was actually a, a talent and staff meeting called two hours before the show at 6 p.m. Um, so all the talent were together. And I guess they were getting together let everybody know that, hey, Vince is coming back. He's going to be running the show tonight. You know, and they said morality just <laughs> dropped all, all the way down. You know, nobody was really feeling that. You know, there was a ton of rewrites before and during the show as Raw as on the air you know and even if you watch like one of the segments like there was an interview they were doing an interview with becky Lita, and trish you could visibly see on becky's face that she looked po she was pissed off you know that she was unhappy with whatever they was doing that night like you could tell it was like like it was definitely giving like starcade main event 97 vibes you know with all the backstage politics and stuff Mm -hmm. so it was definitely a lot going on and you know it was just weird when triple h came out and gave that speech and they made it a big deal, like he had this announcement. We thought he was going to announce the draft, which he did eventually announce on SmackDown. But right, it was just weird that he came out. And he, you know, I mean, he was thanking the fans. You know, thanking him for coming, attending WrestleMania, breaking all these records and stuff. And I'm just like, well, what? What? Get to the point, Hunter. You know, what are you talking about? You know, but I think now after seeing what transpired, now it kind of makes more sense. Like Triple H, he knew what was going on, so he just kind of like getting us ready. It seemed like he was almost saying goodbye for a second. You know, but. I mean, for now he's still in control, so he's, he hasn't lost his position or anything, but he still has to answer to Vince, you know, for for right now,
1: you know, which is what it was before.
2: Yeah, but he, but the see, Vince wasn't really in the picture though. Like he he was, Vince was running the business side, but he wasn't really in the picture. Now it seems like Vince is kind of tiptoeing back into creative.
1: That's what I mean. Before <laughs> before the scandal, before Vince stepped down in summer of 22. 22 I mean, like that's what it feels like. It feels like the way it's been all these years, Vince just running it. And, I mean, it's just really weird because I don't really know how I feel. I mean, Vince McMahon's legacy, you have to say, is really up in the air. I don't know. you, You can't deny what he did to take wrestling to another level. You you can't deny that over the past 40 years, right? But I just look at the past decade of it, just like – kind of has to act like that – I'm using football like Al Davis. Like Al Davis was the man in the 60s, 70s, 80s, but then the 2000s and it it was just like, Al, you need to let it go. And I'm just looking at Vince going, don't you see – but we all have egos to an extent, but some have bigger than others – like can't you see the business was clicking fans were liking it better and what's the rule that hey whatever the fans decide we let the fans choose who who we put over who we don't so to me it's like vince your own rule the fans decide the fans were saying we want hunter we like how it's going yet that raw after which was like the worst raw after wrestlemania i've seen in how long tim it was terrible
2: yeah and and the raw at the is. You know, lately just haven't really been hitting like they used to. Um, But I will say there were a few things I could cherry-pick that I did like. I like how they set up a future feud between Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley. I like how they set that up. Um, I like the potential setup of getting Bad Bunny involved with this Ray and Dom feud, so it looks like they're probably going to get a tag match between Ray and Bad Bunny against Dom and Priest, either a backlash, maybe somewhere down the line. I don't know, but um, it's a few things, but Oh, and, of course, the swerve with Brock and Cody, like, that was unexpected, but didn't make no sense. But, <laughs> you know, it was
1: Tim, like... Tim, 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 <laughs> I could book those things. You could. I mean, I know you were a writer in the past, but <laughs> that's I can't say, like, that was like, oh, man. Oh, the Bad bunnies thing. Of course I'm going to. I would do that in a heartbeat. I mean, those are just a few things that were good, though. Like, for the most part, it was basically like a glorified
2: raw talk because there was a lot of talking. If
1: a lot of talking. A
2: lot, a lot of talk, especially for Raw, the Mania. <laughs> you know, like I know they have surprises. I know it's, I know it's gonna be a promo-heavy show, but like, come on, man! Like, it's a three-hour show. And it, it was a total of thirty-three minutes of wrestling on TV. Come on, you know. So, uh, but but you know, SmackDown in this past week was a breath of fresh, it was like a completely different show, like night and day, because there was a lot more wrestling this past week for SmackDown Raw. After that, so.
1: what do i mean he shockingly he's still writing his legacy i should have known he's like the boogeyman he's beetlejuice he can't go away vince mcmahon what what do you think you think do you think i mean how do you view vince i mean do take your personal bias out because you know him but how 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 do you view vince mcmahon
2: i mean i mean without vince obviously we wouldn't be talking about you know this past wrestlemania or we wouldn't be here, period, you know. So, but at the same time, it's like, you know, dude, he's, he's just passed his prime, man. You know, sometimes you just got to let it go, and he's just not trying to let he's just not trying to let his baby go. You know what I'm saying? So he's just trying to hold on, and he's just a little too far out of touch. You know what I'm saying? He's 77 years old. You know what I'm saying? like, what's a 77-year-old man, you know, going to have in common with what the young crowd is going to be into today? You know what I'm saying? Like, Triple H, you know, he's older, but he's still a little bit more in touch for what the young fans, you know, what they want, what they want to see and who they want to see and what stories they, they want. They want told, you know, so it is time to let it go. Like if he wants to come back, let him run the business. Let him He's good at marketing. I, I will give him that. He, he can market the hell out of, out of something, you know what I'm saying? but Marketing genius. Yeah, but don't let him get involved in creative, you know what I'm saying? Like handle the business, sign the checks, you know what I'm saying? Make Whatever type of endorsement deals you want to do, but stay, let Triple H do him. You know, but I will say, like, he's a creative genius. You know, he gave us WrestleMania, he gave us Hulk Hogan, you know, The Undertaker, The Rock. You know, so, so many great moments. You know, with with his rivalry with Stone Cold, but you know, he he, he he's done, man. I, I feel like like I knew he was done when he boxed the center last year against against Austin. You know, I knew he was done then. So it's, it's time. <laughs> It's time time for him to go, man.
1: Okay. All right. Now, now, I, I didn't forget the main event, you know, to put a bow on WrestleMania and everything like that. But, like, the main event Roman Reigns keeping his title, keeping a title for the Bloodline, knocking off Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare. You got problems with that? How 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 do you feel?
2: I'm I'm still recovering, so give me some time. I'm, I'm still. <laughs>
1: all
2: I'm gonna say is, all I'm gonna say is, look, Cody Rhodes got robbed. Okay, he got robbed. He, he should have walked out as a champion. That was my initial thoughts. You know, I texted you. I think that same night too about it. Um, initially, that was my thought. I was definitely heated. I was like. Man, they really dropped the ball in this. I'm like, you don't really get too many moments like that with a babyface that's super old. Like, you, and you saw that crowd; they was white hot for Kobe. They real, yeah. They really wanted him to win. And, you know, it's been two, maybe three instances I've seen before. You know, where a babyface had Roman on the ropes and the crowd was really pumped. And they really wanted to see him win, and they you thought they was going to pull the trigger and they did not Like it was Sami Zayn at Elimination Chamber, because the crowd was really behind him. He was super over like a month ago or so. Uh, Drew McIntyre in the UK at Classic Castle, you know, and even Brock at SummerSlam last year in that last man standing match. You know, I thought Brock might get the title then, you know, but like, man, like Cody, that was his moment, man. You know, like, for all, just to go through all that, to leave and then come back and then get injured, you know, like two months later and had to miss like eight to nine months of action, you know what I'm saying? I, kn- I know everybody was saying, well, he was kinda of forced, he's being rushed into it, or he's being rewarded because he defected from AEW and whatnot. But you gotta understand like his whole journey and him leaving that that's all part of the story. I feel like he did or he didn't just come in and just you know, just get handed anything. Like he, he was working for it. He had the rivalry with Seth, you know what I'm saying? But he let it be known that okay, he's coming for the title at some point. He let it be known. So it's not like he just got jumped into it all random. Then he got hurt, which is unfortunate. So we'll never know what his plan was, what his story was going to be, you know, that whole nine months he was gone, you know. So he comes in the Royal Rumble. The only thing i say they messed up on was they announced his return ahead of time too early, you know, and doing all those vignettes. And especially having him come in at number 30, you know, I get it. I get why they did that because they wanted that statistic of having a number one and number 30 entry be the last two. They never had it before. So, I get that and him and Gunther had a good last 10 minutes showing in that run. They
1: did. They did. So
2: to say Cody, didn't, he definitely earned it against Gunther. You know what I'm saying? He took a beating from Gunther. Um And I could definitely see Gunther and Cody having a nice little program in the future at some point. Um, but, yeah, you know, like he's been, he's been having matches like every other week, you know, while Roman, you know, he's taking time off and. He shows up because of promo, then leaves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's a champion. I get it. You know, he, he, he can afford it. A-
1: but to say, he earned it. And how often... At least he shows up. I mean, Brock was champion, and he'd show up once every, like, three months, it felt like. But,
2: he, but here's the thing, though. Like, people forget. Like, people say that co- the biggest argument is they think Cody got handed this title opportunity. He's being forced. But think how Roman started this, you know, historic three-year title. Almost three-year title reign. Like, he literally came back in the door, you know, this during COVID, of course, you know, because we understand why he had to leave because, you know, he had the previous, you know, health scare with leukemia and everything. So we understand why he had to dip. But he came, He came literally came in the door, <laughs> got the title. So he signed the contract on the dot right there on the spot, came in the match late, you know what I'm saying? Like he was throwing late to work or something, you know, clocked in, won the title. And now he's champ- three years later, he's still a champion, you know. And that's the same thing that people are complaining about. Now, on the other hand, well, I do think it's a missed opportunity. I do see that this builds up more of a redemption arc for Cody. It's going to make him even stronger and even hotter with the fans. Because you saw he came out that Monday after, like the fans are still behind him. They haven't turned on him. They still want to see him win. You know what I'm saying? You know, so and he's like the best option they got for being like a good replacement for John Cena. You know that they've been looking for. At least I feel like. You know, he's over. He, he's a, one of the top merch sellers. You know what I'm saying? Like, how is he not the guy? You know, so I was
1: because he already got the guy. You got the guy in Roman Reigns. But he, that's why. But
2: he's the top heel guy. You know, the top heel needs a a good counter. The counter like, like look throughout history, throughout wrestling. Like Hogan had Piper. Uh, Sean, Bret Hart had Shawn Michaels. Stone Cold had the Rock.
1: You know, you always need both. You need a good heel and a good baby face. I go, I know, I know.
2: John Cena had Edge. You know what I'm saying? So Roman has to have somebody to kind of counter. You know, to be the ying to his yang. You know what I'm saying?
1: And he's got it. He's got it. So I, he just don't need to win right now. <laughs> you know, he, he Cody's Cody. I like Cody. I think definitely let him have some build up with Brock. You know, I wouldn't mind him having a match with Seth again. I think the
2: building building that, because I don't know if you heard, there's like a report coming out that they got like some real heat going on. But I think it might be like a work shoot between the two that they're building. Yeah, between Seth and Cody.
1: Who Seth is just brilliant, man. I I think, talk about an underrated superstar real quick. And Seth Rollins. I mean, making Logan Paul look good. I mean. They had a good match
2: too. I, I forgot the message. Yeah. They had a good match. That was definitely one of the highlights from Mania too.
1: Look, don't sleep on Logan. I Logan Paul. I know he he came. No one likes the guy who comes in already celebrity and all that. But Logan Paul's got some athletic ability. He he's he's putting in the work, so I'll give him that. Yeah. I definitely will not take that away from him. Yeah, and um,
2: but now I'm curious to see what they what else they do with him because he just resigned another deal with WWE too. So I'm hoping at some point this is a Dream Match, and I hope we get like Logan Paul, Bad Bunny, and Pat McAfee in a Triple Threat at some point. You know. The three of them, oh wow, the three of them they can work, they, they put in the work and they take the business seriously. So, I'd like to see the three of them mix it up at some point, you know.
1: That'd be pretty good, yeah. But we have talked about the greatness of Roman Reigns. See what for the audience, what we have to let Tim just brush by is remember, COVID, the world, everyone shut down, I don't know what's going on. WWE's in the Thunderdome. You just got people on screens, no crowds. So Tim's saying he just backdoored a title. I'm saying look at it with WWE's in a weird spot. He stepped up and took the reins, no pun intended, and then went in there and has led him through such a tough time and to such a prosperous, glorious time. That's how I see it. That he was a big reason why I'm still watching when they're in this Thunderdome. And look, you know, like you gotta give him credit for that. I'm not, and look, I'm not knocking him at all. But
2: what he did, that's the same thing that people was knocking Cody for, and what they've knocked previous wrestlers who come walking the door do the same thing, like The Rock, Brock Lesnar, you know, um, a few other people too, but Hogan, <laughs> you know. Um, but I will give Roman his props. Like he put the company on his back. And he did have a title shot guaranteed before, but of course COVID hit. So he had to dip. He had to forfeit his WrestleMania match against Goldberg.
1: So, mm-hmm. you know, but still he was gone. though. He was, <laughs> Dude, you're saying, you're saying some big ones here, but, he, but you're saying some big ones he, here. Remember he was
2: gone though. So it was other people that stepped up once he was gone that put in the work, you know what I'm saying? And he just came and picked up the scraps. Now, Who? Uh, the Fiend. uh, uh braun Strowman, d D mcintyre
1: you know nope 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 we disagree on that one the fiend the fiend was doing work but not heavyweight title work he was building his character nicely but not for the title he was doing his own separate thing Strowman, i like braun but no way he he could not carry that load for the as the champion Drew McIntyre showed that he's not ready to be the guy to carry it. Still, you still think so? Not the not the heavyweight title, no. Oh. No, I I like Drew, but he Are you really getting hyped for Drew as the champion? Yes. <laughs> Drew versus like Cody. What what's that bringing you?
2: That that's a damn good match right there. That that is
1: Oh, come on. That's a pay-per-view worthy match right there. WrestleMania worthy match? I say so. I'm not talking about, like, just, like, I think they both can work well. Yeah. I'm talking about they can give me a storyline that will carry me through.
2: Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Cody, we already know Cody can talk. Cody going to give you a, a over-the-top dramatic story on the mic. You know, we know he can tell a story in the ring. Drew, we know it can work. You know what I'm saying? And Drew is also char- charismatic himself. So I feel like Cody will carry most of the story on the mic. And Drew... They'll both be about even in the ring and stuff, but I feel like that'll definitely be a pay per view marquee worthy match right there, especially for the title.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know, like Clash of Champions or something, one of them lower, you know, pay per views or something like that. Yeah. Maybe a little backlash or something like that. I don't know, something. It could go there, uh, but I, I just think Drew McIntyre. They tried it; it didn't really quite click as much.
2: Well, well here's the thing: you talk about how Roman was holding the company up. You know, on his back during that whole pandemic era, that thundered. Drew was right there along with him. You know, putting the company on his back when he was WWE champion. You know, and he's never had his title win in front of the fans. Like he got robbed that because of the pandemic.
1: He did. I agree with you that I give you that. Yeah, he
2: was and look, he, he was red hot up until the pandemic. He was red hot. Like he, you heard that crowd the Rumble when he eliminated Brock. The crowd erupted. You know what I'm saying? Like they was really behind him, and it's a shame that. You know, we'll never know what that crowd reaction would have been like if he had hit Brock with the Claymore at WrestleMania in that stadium. You know what I'm saying? We'll never know. But, you know, I feel like he, he he's definitely owed a title win in front of the fans. You know.
1: There's just something to it. He's just not – he's doing okay since all the crowds have been back. It's like Drew is all right. He's good, but he's not like, ah, I need some Drew McIntyre there where Roman has just gotten it going. I mean, and the thing is, Paul Heyman's a nice piece. It's not like with Brock where Paul Heyman's really drawing that. Roman, what Roman says, what Roman does is really great. Paul's doing his work, but Roman is getting you going. The whole bloodline thing, manipulating the family, and he's being that master manipulator, and, you know, let just acknowledge me. It just gets it good, man, and then he does it. So great where he is a dangerous wrestler, but yet he's got the whole chicken shit heel thing in there too. He's so he blends it well, but it's not like the Miz or Seth where you look at it, you're like, Oh yeah, they can be like chicken shit heels. It's like Roman it looks like a bad, dangerous dude because he is, but yet he knows how to get these, you know, get the Usos in there, manipulate, get Heyman to manipulate, and does enough where it's like he's a dangerous threat but he's chicken shit heel, and he makes people mad, but like him. He does it all, man. Roman Reigns is great out there, man. You just got to give it to him. And you're not wrong. You're not 100%
2: agree. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying everybody's talking about how Cody's getting forced and getting rest, but I'm just saying look back when Roman started. <laughs> I get it. It was a pandemic. He had to leave because of health reasons. I get that. But right. I'm just saying – it's the same type of scenario, you know what I'm saying? At least Cody, he had, he had to earn it, he had to work for it. You know, he had to go through different feuds, he had to win the Royal Rumble, you know what I'm saying? But um, anyway, I'm not, but back to Roman, I'm not saying you're wrong. Roman's done a phenomenal job. I've definitely enjoyed this whole Bloodline story. It's like, it's like a Goodfellas movie playing out in front of us on live TV for like the past two or three years, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, you could definitely see like the cracks forming, like, you know, at this point, I wouldn't mind seeing Jay Uso step up and maybe be the one to do it because it started with Jay Uso and a lot of people were saying it should end with Jay Uso. And I, I agree. And as I, and the more I see, especially in that that match he had with Sammy in the main event of SmackDown, like I could definitely see it. Like I was looking at Jay in that match, I was like, yeah, he, Jay could be a star on his own. Like he could be like like kind of like how Jeff Hardy broke out on his own and he became a star on his own solo. Like I could definitely see Jay Uso blowing up, you know, becoming that main event Jay Uso like they've been building up like the past two years. Like, I can definitely see it. Jimmy, I don't know where he's going to end up. You know, everybody loves Jimmy, but I don't know where he's going to end up, though. So, we'll see. But Jay Uso, I definitely see money in the solo Ju Uso one.
1: I, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that'd be interesting to do as well. Um, where do you think Heyman goes? If they break up the, the bloodline, where do you think goes down with Paul Heyman?
2: Hmm. Um, well, I mean, Brock's back healed now, so, I mean, maybe he might <laughs> come crying back to Brock, you know what I'm saying, and become an advocate again, you know? And look, everything that Cody said in that promo, uh, I don't know, it might have been before Mania, like, look, uh, the bloodline's going to leave you, Solo's going to leave, you know, the Uso's going to leave you, Solo's going to leave, and Heyman's going to leave, he's going to end up becoming the advocate again, you know? And it's going to be a Roman with no reigns, you know what I'm saying, so... I feel like Heyman ends up going back to Brock at some point, you know. I feel like Brock is going to retire with Heyman in his corner, I feel like, you know. It's only right because they started together, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they're, they're forever linked.
2: Yeah, I mean, shoot, Paul Bear eventually made his way back to the Undertaker, you know, before the end, so.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, so I, I think the Cody stuff, I do think – um, He's getting forced down our throats a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie.
2: He's over, man. He's over, man. The crowd, he gets pops every single week. He's over, man.
1: Of course, because the whole AEW thing, let's just call it what it is. Like, he was there. He was this rogue, independent, underdog dude. And now he went back to WWE and all that stuff. And I like Cody. I do. But I'm just like. I don't know. I never thought of Cody as main event. It feels like they're trying. People want a Daniel Bryan 2.0. And the thing is, that Daniel Bryan run, it was organic. It was natural. It was a phenomenon that just happened. He had the perfect villains with Triple H and Stephanie. It worked. I feel like ever since Daniel Bryan, the wrestling world the WWE universe is looking for the next Daniel Bryan too much. Yeah. And I'm like, just let it happen. And that's my thing. Let Cody Rhodes happen instead of trying to now. He's the next Daniel Bryan, and we're doing that whole thing. That's all I'm saying. Well,
2: here's the th- It's happening. I mean, now look. The injury, like I
1: said, we won't know. It's fully happening.
2: <laughs> we won't know what, what would have happened. We don't know what his plans would have been for SummerSlam or Survivor Series or whatever, but Look, he was gone. He came back. He still put in the work. You know what I'm saying? He he busted his tail. He, he had matches every other week. You know what I'm saying? He 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 was getting ready. So you can't say he didn't put in the work. So, But I will say, to the Daniel Bryan point, yeah, fans, they're looking for another Daniel Bryan. But th- the thing is, though, the whole yes move, that wasn't supposed to happen. Daniel Bryan was, exactly. that, Daniel Bryan was supposed to be in the big card. You know what I'm saying? I know. And the, whole, and the whole reason that whole started is because they didn't put him in the War Rumble that year you know what I'm saying, so they hijacked the show and booed Batista out the building and they forced Daniel Bryan they forced, they were forced to like rewrite the script and put Daniel Bryan in that main event you know, and it paid off, you know so since then, they've been tr- everybody's been trying, like they did it with Kofi Kingston Kofi Mania, but I will say that was a great moment, so I'll allow that, and it was great, you know what I'm saying Kofi, that, that's one of the greatest moments ever in WrestleMania history, you know what I'm saying I'm forever gonna remember that, that's in my top three, um I'm trying to think who else they try to do it with. I mean, pretty much any underdog wrestler, you know, that that's on the come up. They try to put that Daniel Bryan label on them. But Cody, is he's not Daniel Bryan because he doesn't look like an underdog. Even though he, he may not be as big as like Roman or Brock Lesnar or Braun Strowman, but he, he doesn't look like – you don't get underdog vibes from Cody. Like he's just – he looks like a main event type star. He looks like a star. Basically. The presentation, uh, the promos – You know, like, dude can tell a story. He he has a a family heritage. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Come on, man.
1: Cody Cody looks like an intercontinental champion. That's what he looks like. That's what Cody looks like. And I think he would be a great intercontinental champion. I think he could be one of the greatest. And that's a compliment. I'm not knocking him. Intercontinental champion, that means you're the best worker. Well, guess, Usually I go to the best worker. Well, guess what? Cody's been there, done that. And he brought
2: back the classic Intercontinental title design, too. You know what I'm saying?
1: Oh, yeah. And he have been there, done that, and stay there and keep doing that. That's what he should do. <laughs> he should stay there and keep doing that. I'm just like, man, this is just so forced. And it was just like, you know, I, I almost was like watching the Royal Rumble thinking, I, I would like to see Gunther take him out. <laughs> I'd rather see Gunther. But you know what? I like
2: Gunther. Well, you know, yeah, I like Gunther too, and he's having a great run. I feel like he's been like one of the best book talents on the main roster since Triple H took over. Like that's probably the best thing Triple H has probably done since he took over is protecting Gunther and make him look like an absolute beast. You know what I'm saying? They they, they put an Imperium back together, the back the back hole again. You know what I'm saying? Like he's putting on fire matches. Um, so I, I feel like he might break um, the Honky Tonk Man's record too. I, I feel like that might happen at some point. So
1: I think he has to... I'll say this real quick. I'd rather see Drew McIntyre than Cody. I I, I give you that. Oh,
2: oh now you want to
1: see Drew. Now you want to see Drew holding time Over Cody Rhodes, yeah. Over Cody Rhodes, yeah, I, I would. I mean, let's be real. Drew McIntyre versus Cody Rhodes, the headline in WrestleMania, that's a snooze fest. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. I don't care if it's night one, night two, whatever. Turn off Peacock. I'm going to bed. I'll say, Tim, tell me about it in the morning. And I know the thing is, you would lie and try to hype it up. No, it was actually good, Jeremy. It was good. It wasn't that bad. I'd be like, Nah, it was lame. That's a lame. That's a lame. mat lame story. I have no investment in that. Oh my god, uh, I was about to say something.
2: Oh, you, you got me sidetracked. <laughs> oh, oh, now I know. So you mentioned Drew. So who would you rather see? Would you rather see? Would you rather see Cody beating Roman at WrestleMania, or would you rather see Drew mm-hmm. beating? Co- uh, would you rather see Drew beating Roman at Ca- Classic Castle, or would you rather see Sting beat Seth for the title at Night of Champions?
1: Wow! Um, for those who are listening, Tim has a smile because he knows how I feel about Sting <laughs> and the fact that he brought up Sting. Just how dare you, sir? Um, <laughs> Sting, maybe the most overrated wrestler of all time. Oh my God. Uh, so that's definitely last. I, I don't need to see Sting do anything anymore. And I think Sting seems like a very nice guy. He can do – I I like Sting on uh, Table for Three, that show. He's good on those. He, he, he can be a good talking head on documentaries, Um, a good guest on a podcast. Sting is great all there. I don't need to see Sting in a ring. No more competing. If he wants to come back for like the, the Legends Night and just stand in the ring and hug it out with everybody, he can do that too. No more Sting. No more Sting. So that's last. I rather definitely don't want to see that. Uh, give me the other two out. I'm just you got you threw me off with the whole Sting thing. So oh boy, it was, but it was, it was either see go it ahead,
2: was either see Sting beat Seth oh, at t- Night of Champions or. See, Drew, no. Drew beats Roman at Classic Castle for the titles, or Cody beats Roman at WrestleMania for the titles?
1: I would say Drew beating Roman. Okay. I think that that could get it. And the other way, I think there's a matchup of Titans. If, if you would have had Roman and Heyman and the bloodline going against Big Drew, that's a good thing I could see going down. That could work. Um... That could be a good, good, like hero, good villain thing. I would like that. And what they could do with it is the storyline you talked about. Like Drew saying that should be my moment. COVID ruined my moment. And Roman being like, No, they never, you couldn't carry it like I could. That's why they gave it to me. Mm. They knew you couldn't handle it. Like that would be a good sell. So I think that would be awesome to see. I would like that. The other well the, the Cody one is like no, Sting is a hell no. <laughs> um I wouldn't even watch that. I wouldn't even watch Sting. I "Why?" to me why are you wasting Seth Rollins <laughs> by doing that? So uh no. Well, uh,
2: I mean I mean even though it's unfortunate he, Sting did get hurt and he had to retire for a little bit, it's unfortunate, but Seth kind of did you a favor and put Sting on the show for a little bit. So
1: I just want to know, do because you have the inside information. Does how much money of how much of Sting's money does he give to Ric Flair for making him (laughs) all those years? Is it fifty percent, sixty? Just how much do you do you have any uh, numbers on that, Tim? How much money does Sting give to Ric Flair for making him what he is? Come on, man. You know,
2: you know, know Flair is getting dogged. Flair said himself, His whole career he, he got his ass whooped. But I want to ask you this. Who carried the match in Starcade 97? Was it Sting or was it Hogan? Who carried the match?
1: Wow. So you mean like the worst main event? <laughs> one of the worst in wrestling history? Who carried it? Hogan was the match itself? Yeah, the match. Who, who carried it, was, it was Hogan. It was Hogan. <laughs> Hogan in that awful match. Now the Sting, that was the best I ever saw Sting building up to K 97. And for people listening, this has been an ongoing thing with me and Tim and one of our friends, Damian, Um, just like their love of Sting, which makes no sense. So I'm just going to say this real quick. No, Sting was built up very well leading up to K 97. It just fell off awfully in that match. What a waste. And it, all, it ruined three careers, Sting, Hogan, and Bret Hart, all in one swoop that night. And they, and none of them ever were the same. Well, Sting never was anything anyway, but Hogan and Bret Hart never were the same. So that's what I feel about that. I, I always
2: get a kick out of Jeremy shooting on Sting. Um, I'm just trying to figure out where, where does beef come Where does heat for Sting come from? Like, where does it start?
1: Um. It comes from watching WCW and being just like not impressed with Sting, but yet he was the golden boy of WCW, and I and in the night and ladies into the night and I go I don't really see it. It's nothing, and to me the only thing that he had was when he was with Ric Flair and Flair would carry those matches and make him look great like Flair did with Lex Luger and other people. Flair made a lot of people look good, and Sting's one of many on that list. So then it showed me something that state when they brought in Hogan and Macho Man and all these guys from WWE to WCW in the mid 90s, Sting, with the whole color scheme, he got lost because he was bland and he sucked. So he got lost. Then Scott Hall, God rest his soul, gave him a great idea about being like the crow and like Brandon Lee. And it was working, Tim and our audience. It was working where they built him up really good. He had this mysterious thing, and he was taking on the NWO, and Hogan, they had like a year buildup. It was cool. I was like, I like Sting, and then we had Starrcade 97, and for those who don't know, um, just look it up. It was a travesty. It was atrocious, and Sting then fell off. He went back to his ways, and <laughs> I don't understand where people were like, I just wish Sting could have been in a WWE ring. And that was talked about for so long. And I go, why do we care? And then he gets into the ring against Triple H. And then they had to do all the stunts with DX and NWO to make it worthwhile. Okay. But I just never understood where it's like, I just love to see him in a WWE ring. I go, I have no love for that. I don't care. And The hard part is is that from everything I hear and see, the real Sting is a very nice guy. So that's really cool. I'm glad he's a very nice guy, but Sting, the wrestler, I don't really like. Mm. You know, I I was talking to Dame earlier. I told him I was going to be on the show, so he's going to see this later probably. He's going to definitely give you
2: some heat for this later on after he sees this.
1: Yeah, Dame, uh, hey, man, love you, man, but no, Sting's awful. I don't know what you're seeing him. I said that then. I said that now. Hey, just like WWE, then... Now, forever. Well, you know, Sting sucks then, now, forever. That's what he, <laughs> yeah, that is, that's how Sting is. Oh. So, uh, oh, man. so, I have to say that. But, you know, after WrestleMania 30, we'll get back on check. After WrestleMania 39 and all that stuff, WWE wasn't out the news because there was a big sale. And I don't know what got more attention, the sale or Vince's dyed mustache and hair, but both got a lot of attention. And, Dame, I mean, uh, Tim, we were talking about it for a little bit, and I wanted to see just, we didn't really go too deep. I want to see what are your thoughts on this sale, and what do you think it means for WWE, which also could really mean pro wrestling in its own way. What does this sale mean, you think?
2: Um i say for right now, we probably won't see any immediate changes or effects right now at the moment because, you know, the deal still needs to finalize. So um, I will say, though, as time goes on, we probably might see an increase in, like, sponsorships or ads because, you know, UFC, they, they like use a lot of ads and sponsorships, and they got it all posted on their banners, you know, around ringside during their fights. Um, so you might see that. We could potentially see some crossovers, maybe. I don't. It depends if Vince and Dana White are comfortable with that. I don't know, but I mean, they got Ronda Rousey already in WWE, so I'm, I'm sure they got a good relationship, but I, I don't know. It, it, it's really up in the air at this point. I hear people online talking about how, um, cause, you know, UFC, they still use pay-per-view. in um, WWE, they're on Peacock. So mm-hmm. they pretty much abandoned the whole pay-per-view model at this point. Um, and everybody's worried, is WWE going to go back to the whole pay-per-view thing where you got paid pay 50 to $70, you know, to watch a premium, well, it's premium live event now, but so I don't think they're going to do that because uh, if the WWE Network, the then w, the old WWE Network had it not been successful, you know, then they wouldn't they would still be on pay per view if it, it was right. So because of WWE because the WWE Network worked out and it was successful for a while, um, and at the time it was unprecedented because we were getting all this content, you know, all the, all all the WrestleManias, every pay per view from WWE, ECW, w, WCW. As a wrestling fan, like that's a dream come true. We get to watch all these, all these. Yeah. You know, especially the ones that you missed as a kid because your parents wouldn't check out that extra 35 dollars for the pay per view. Like, so I get to go back and watch that. Plus, you know, the behind the scenes content, like you know, WWE 24 and the scripted shows, like Edge of Christian show and Camp WWE. You know, so, and plus the live stream. That's what that's that's what the game changer was. The live stream of all the new pay per views that came on as they aired. Like no, yeah, no streaming app was doing that at the time. You know, like I know at the time, Netflix is like the big thing, and that was kind of unheard of in itself back then. But when the network came around, nobody was doing stuff like that. Now you got Peacock, they're streaming like live live games and stuff like that. Hulu they're streaming live content as well, like you know, like the election stuff and sports as well. You know, you got other other streaming apps doing the same thing. Like like Netflix, they just had a live stream of um. Chris Rock's last comedy special, I believe, not too long. Mm-hmm. So now it's like WWE Network kind of like set that blueprint for all the other streaming apps. So
1: right. now it was innovative. It was innovative. Yeah, so
2: now and now with Peacock, and I don't. And everybody's worried that they're going back. Pay per view that they're with UFC and Endeavor and stuff. I don't think they're going to do that. Like, and plus they have they have the contract with Peacock till like 2026. So and Peacock, I'm sure they're going to renew because. WWE is giving them a lot of business, a lot of subscriptions. So,
1: yeah, because Peacock really has The Office and WWE. That's it right now. Yeah,
2: and, and Bel Air too. They got Bel Air. You know,
1: but is Bel Air really carrying them like that? <laughs> I mean, Bel Air is a good show. I- I'm just saying. So I, I agree with you. It's very good. I don't know how it's doing popularity wise. Like, I know The Office is what like, and WWE carries it. So I'm not, I'm not I like the show. <laughs> I I don't know how well it's doing popularity-wise. I mean, I would say as
2: far as like the black community, the black demographic, I would say it's probably doing well there, obviously. But I don't know everywhere else, especially this season. I haven't really heard much talk about this season, but I, I like this. I enjoy this season, the season two that, that just came out. Um, so I'm looking forward to the future episodes that's coming out later. Um, but I know it's not. I know it's not the sole reason that's carrying Peacock and other things too, like The Office, WWE, and also Peacock. They also stream movies that are in theaters exclusively on, on that platform as well. Like, like the last Halloween movie, you know, um, Nope, you
1: know. Yeah, but to say like Jordan Peele's last movie, yeah. Right.
2: So okay, occasionally they might release like movies that are already in theaters and they might exclusively release them on the app the same day they're in theaters and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool too. Um, but other than that, like,
1: what about Peacock does What about this though? With UFC has that deal with ESPN. WWE over the years has been building a good report, ESPN, could you see WWE going on ESPN Plus maybe? I'm, and kind of joining up there.
2: I mean, what we're seeing right now, like they're already like expanding and reaching out of the platforms, other forms of media. Like, like on WWE Network, I mentioned earlier how they had all this content. Now you're seeing all that original content spread out across like different networks. Like they got uh, the WWE Rivals um, on A and E. You know, they got the
1: right C&E right
2: network. Um, and also the bi- the biography series as well, you know. So I could definitely see them, like, bleeding over the ESPN. Like, they just had, they just, um, did something with Stephen A. Smith. Like, Nick Kahn was just on first tape, you know what I'm saying? So I could definitely see them, like, bleeding over, crossing over the ESPN. Like, Jonathan Coachman, he was working there for a minute. And I think Charlie Caruso, she used to work for ESPN then she went back. I, you know, so she's there now. So you got to connect right there. Um. I could definitely see them doing some t- some sort of collaboration in the future. So we'll see. It. We just got to see how that goes. You know.
1: Uh, yeah, I just wonder because I definitely I agree with you. I can't see them going back to the pay. I think they people would go crazy. It and I think people wouldn't buy it. Yeah. Like, number one, most importantly, because I think if people would buy it, they maybe would. I think I know for me, once you have this now, I'm not looking at the pay per view model anymore. Like, I'll rather you give me the recap the next night or, you know, whatever. I'm okay. I'm not going to drop 50, 70 bucks, not 12 times a year. Maybe, you know, we might get me for WrestleMania or SummerSlam or like the Rumble, but I'm not doing it all 12 months. Like, you're just not going to get it. So, like, you might as well keep the streaming model where no matter what, if people don't want to watch all, they may only watch half of the pay-per-views, you're still getting that guaranteed money to whatever subscriber well, streaming platform, every because you're paying that monthly fee, you know what I'm saying. Right. So uh, I, I don't think that's the case, but I, I so I with you. I just think it's just interesting. I could, you know, you said the crossover, and I'm sure you saw like Paul Heyman doing like a promo on Conor McGregor <coughs> and coming at him a little bit. And part of me is like, is that like to what you said of trying to get that? Hey, the deals have because you know we all know Heyman's a smart man himself. So that's him trying to get something going there. And, you know, if we see McGregor showing up at something sometime soon. I'm not saying he's going to get in the ring, but just, you know, he's showing up and getting that buzz going, especially something after this new deal happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, well here's the thing. They've been had a relationship with UFC, and they've had also, like, Ken Shamrock, you know, he came up from UFC. He was a full-time WWE superstar at one point. Um, They got Ronda Rousey over there now. Uh, Brock Lesnar, he made the jump from WWE to UFC. And now he's back now. So, and I know there's been, like, change of words between Con McGregor, he's been trash talking some of the wrestlers and stuff like that, too, on and off. Um, so I could definitely see, like, definitely some sort of crossover happening. I don't know if we're going to see any, like, actual, like, duking it out or anybody getting involved. Like, you're not going to see any WWE wrestlers getting the octagon, that's for sure. Like, CM, mm. CM Punk already set the example on that, <laughs> you know. So...
1: Yeah, and and he embarrassed himself yeah, twice
2: so we're not we're yeah. not going to see that um but I, I don't know i mean we it could i would say the furthest it might go is might be cross promotion like you might see um uh wrestlemania promoted on a ufc fight or something or you might see a ufc fight promoted on smackdown or raw or whatever you know what i'm saying i think that's probably as far as it might go you know
1: you know what i think about too though and i think it's not going to be the same and WWE has more in place and is better ran than what WCW was. But I just think about WCW when it had Ted Turner running it, a guy who loved wrestling. Now, he wasn't a wrestling guy like in the business, but he loved wrestling. So no matter what, the ratings were bad, they were losing money. He wanted wrestling on his Turner networks. And they did do well under that. You know, after bringing in Bischoff in the mid-90s and all those things, that Time Warner deal, which is one of the worst deal, business deals ever in not just wrestling but in, like, U.S. history, really helped to sink WCW. Is there a little bit of fear? I know it's different. It's not the same, but a little bit of fear where now you knew the McMahons cared about wrestling, for better or for worse. Now you have other people who are the top – decision makers who are business people who don't care they're not they're not wrestling first people are you a little concerned about that
2: yeah um, I, i'd be lying if i said i wasn't you know what i'm saying like this is this is kind of scary you know what i'm saying like even when wwe first went public like what 20 years ago or so like that i thought mm-hmm. i thought i was like okay i mean i was a kid i didn't really know about that stuff but like looking back at it now i'm just like yeah, they, they didn't really start falling off until, like, after they went public, you know, then they went PG and everything like that. Um, so now, with this whole Endeavor deal, it does give me, like, a flashback to the Tom Warner deal with WCW. Um, they've been showing... They kind of slowly but surely repeating steps and mistakes of WCW, too, over the last 20 years. Like, yeah, I think Nitro went three hours. They, they made the trans- from two hours to three hours. Now Raw's three hours, you know? And WCW also got into the habit of bringing in too many old-timers, part-timers like Hogan, like Nash, Savage, Piper, you know what I'm saying, and giving them the big money, putting them in the main event spots, giving title shots, and that's what wwe has been doing recently with like Goldberg and, and Brock, you know what I'm saying? So, and so, you know, now you got this Endeavor deal, you know, they said that, uh, what's the guy's name? I can't think, it's Emmanuel something. His last name is Emmanuel. He's the owner of Endeavor.
1: Ari, Ari Emanuel. Right.
2: So he said, like, he owns the whole thing, but he can't really make any decisions unless he gets a say-so from Vince on WWE stuff, and he can't do anything with UFC until he gets a say-so on from Dana White. So at least, at least you know, there is, like, a barrier there, you know, like, at least, okay, he has to get a say-so from Vince, you know, or, or Dana White on either part. So at least there's that. Whereas Tom Warner, like, no, we're just coming in. we just taking all this. We're taking all this over. You know? mm-hmm. you know, so.
1: True. True. So I and, I and I agree that that makes it a little bit better. I just wonder how it plays out. And I wonder how it plays out where they did this deal. Vince has power, but he's lost a lot of power with this deal, too. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of wonder what that means. And I do always kind of wonder when you get people who don't, love it they're not naturally they don't naturally love whatever the product is like I, I always feel like that's the sign it's going to go down you know a movie company when you have people who love movies running it is great then they, it becomes successful you get business people in there who they see it as profit and they don't really love movie they may like them but they may not they don't really care and they're in charge or they have a big say in charge I can't help but think that's going to hurt that movie company. So to me, having people who aren't in sports entertainment, wrestling, I just feel like I can't see it. And the fact that you have new people in there and you have the old blood and vents, I feel like can be a recipe for disaster.
2: Yeah. And, you know, like I said, we really won't see – how this all is going to play out until, like, maybe a year or two after the fact. Because the deal's not finalized yet. Like, they signed, they signed the deadline, but they have to let the deal finalize first, you know what I'm saying? So, we really won't see the full effects until, like, maybe a year or two after it. Because remember when Disney bought Fox and they had to wait, like, 18 right. months or so for the deal to finalize or something like that? So, it's kind of like that. So, we really won't see what's going to happen until, like, maybe a year or two after. But I do, I will say this, like, with Vince coming back now, he's back in charge after the scandal and everything. Like I don't know, like something about that rubs me the wrong way. And while yeah, we can, it, we can give Vince's credit, like like we did earlier, you know, like he did, you know, make the business what it is today. But at the same time, with the scandal and everything that's happened, I just feel like it's it sends a wrong message, you know, to everybody, especially like the female viewers and even like people that was accusing them and stuff like that. Like this guy was accused of. Misconduct and harassment and paying Absolutely. money. And now he now he's back, you know, at the chairman of the board and you know what I'm saying? Like like wait a minute, you know what I'm saying? Like what, you know, like what's going on here? Like so it just seems like a bad message and it kinda sort of leaves a bad taste in my mouth a little bit with that. So I, I don't know how to feel about that, but
1: No, I'm I'm in the same boat, I'm glad I I'm glad you brought that up because um it just felt like in the summer, it was like, okay, like, I feel like even then, you really didn't get, like, a lot of, like, background into what happened. And like he kind of, like, stepped down, and you knew he paid off a lot of money. Okay. And then it's like five, six months later, he's coming back. He's swooping in. And now this deal, and I feel like even, and correct if I'm wrong, maybe you've heard, I feel like people haven't really held him to the fire when it comes to this deal like they're talking about like he has the the look, the weird look. They're talking about the what this deal means for WWE, for UFC, for Dana White, for Ari Emanuel, but that's not getting addressed a lot it is like you said what this means for female employees, the talent and behind the scenes at WWE. What it means for female viewership. You know, we've seen the women's revolution really rise in the past decade, what this means for that and what kind of message you're sending. where well, A lot of young ladies, young girls have gotten, become even more WWE fans, what this kind of sends here. Um, and it can send a real dangerous, dangerous message.
2: Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That, that's really the biggest thing that, like you said, you know, that not everybody's really talking about and they really made, like, a big deal, the Women's Revolution and everything like that, and the women, they're doing their thing, you know what I'm saying, they're doing a great job, like, and I know we didn't talk about this a whole lot, but I, I, Rhea and Charlotte, that was definitely another one of my favorite matches from Mania that past weekend, too, they definitely did a good job, um, but yeah, man, it just, it just seems like it's a bad message overall, it's just, you know, like, from a nine-month span, like, and I heard, like, one of his yes-men was in his ear talking about he took bad advice, and Stepped down too early. He should have waited it out. Wait for the smoke to clear. I'm just like, you know, I don't know, man. So it's like, like you saw like from January, you know, he was creeping back in. You know, he's like, it was rumors that he was about to sell to Saudi Arabia. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they already already have like a ten year contract. You know, for their own pay per views and stuff like that. So you know, people don't really like that already. They already hot water. So imagine if the if the South if the Arabians the Saudi Arabians if they own WWE. You know what I'm saying? So I mean, it didn't happen, but I'm just saying, you know, I wouldn't put it past Vince to make that deal, but I don't know. It's just we're in uncharted territory. And how
1: how much, how much of this do you think affects Stephanie leaving? Like, what do you think about that? Like Stephanie not being there, and
2: I think she knew what was coming. She knew. I think she. I think everybody pretty much knew about the allegations. They knew it was coming. It was going to drop on Vince's head. So that's why she made the announcement to step down but then they called her back because Vince was stepping down. So they called her in this to be co chairperson with Nick Khan and stuff, which I wasn't mad at. I mean, I thought she, if she was going to come back, give her the, the full position, like let her be the sole chairwoman, let her inherit her dad's company. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you owe her that much. Like she held it down. I feel like it's sh- because it, we all thought it was going to be Shane, right? Shane, it, we, thought, it, we thought it was going to be Shane, but Shane, you know, he's had ups and downs with his dad and everything over the years. Um, even though we did see him at WrestleMania, <laughs> um, not going to talk about. We're not yeah. going to talk about that though. <laughs>
1: no, no, no.
2: I hope, I hope Shane O'Mac gets better though. I hope he feels better though. I hope he gets better. But um, I feel like they owe Stephanie that much, you know. And we finally got Triple H, you know, as head of creative. Stephanie was running, you know, the board and everything. She was the chairperson, but I just felt like something was off when they had Nick Khan as the co-chairperson. Like I just felt like something was off there, you know. But it's like whatever. As long as you know, Triple H is in charge of creative. It's not hurting the product in any way. Cool. Just handle the business side. Handle the marketing.
1: Yeah, I feel like she's missed. Yeah. I feel like she, you know, behind the scenes brought a stability to everything there. And kind of like I felt like people could go to her. She was a good face when she talked about the company. She being a woman and a, 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 you know, a woman who's in charge and in business. I felt like she related to the product. She related to both what's going on with the men and the women. It was a good voice for that. And I felt like could understand she also being which I think it's not talked about, how great of a on-camera talent she was. I feel like she understood on camera talent really well and the behind the scenes of it. So I feel like it's just someone who you know would care and would want to do right by this company not there anymore and that makes me scared now looking at this deal because like you know what i don't know what shane's involvement is we know stephanie's gone you got hunter he's like the last little bit of hope i feel it's like it's him and that's it because vince i feel like is trying to just kind of make his mark and make his his name and i want to know if you saw this part too that what they're reporting, I don't know, we haven't seen the contract. Well, maybe you saw the contract because, I mean, you're well-connected. <laughs> but I haven't seen the contract. But what I heard was that not if, you know, with the deal getting finalized, Vince would get millions of dollars on top of his multi-billion dollar stake, but plus the right to make TV shows or movies about himself.
2: Yeah. I I did, I did which- see that. I did see that. So, um, yeah, if he gets fired... For whatever reason like that, um, without any probable cause, like, yeah, he gets a nice little settlement fee or a ser- severance fee or whatever like that, and he keeps the rights to his likeness and whatnot, so he, he so pretty much, we're pretty much stuck with Vince at this point, <laughs> until, until he dies or something, or he steps down again. So, that, that's it is what it is.
1: Which is, like, is that him trying to be, like, so he's gonna rewrite his tale and clean up his, like, legacy or image? Like, Remember, there was going to be before the scandal. There was talks for years about like, a Netflix like documentary, a docu series about Vince, and then that got scratched.
2: Was, well, actually, I think it was a biopic. It was he was actually getting a
1: movie. Was it a biopic? Yeah. Okay, But yeah. well, that got scratched.
2: Yeah, well, yeah it's, it's done now. After the allegations, it got it got scrapped now. So, I,
1: I, but now I feel like is it going to come back? But like the Vince McMahon touch,
2: probably. Probably not because I, I don't know if they really want to touch Especially, I don't think they want to really mess with anybody that's tied to any, you know, sexual harassment type allegations. So, you know, especially in the climate that we're in now, post Me Too and all this stuff, like, I don't think they want to really mess with that. But you, you never know, though, you know.
1: It's just interesting that why why ask for that as part of like that's that's unique for like CEOs or high executives to kind of put that in there. Yeah. And a settlement deal.
2: It, it's, it's just control, you know, just him trying to get like one last finesse in, you know, saying like, like, um, it, it kind of reminds me of that John Wick movie. I, I think it might have been John Wick too, where, uh, he had the villain dead to rights, but they were in the Continental. And the Continental so like Switzerland, like, you can't kill anybody there. And John, and John right. Wick said, to hell with this, I'm gonna shoot him anyway. And that's, that's what got him in hot water. So basically, Vince is the villain in that John Wick movie. So it's like, if you fire me, or, Shoot me or whatever, like that. <laughs> you know, I'm taking all this with me. I'm taking a big chunk of the uh, of y'all receipts and stuff like that. So um, he he basically put them in, put them in the bind with this one. So like I said, he, he it's just him not letting go, trying to hold on, and what, one last FPU, I guess, whatever. So
1: okay. So uh, I'll give you the final word here. For the near future, what do you see for WWE? I mean, and you could throw it; it can be pro wrestling. So if I'm throwing AEW, but when you look at what's coming up for 2023, what what do you see, Tim?
2: Um, I'm hoping we just get good products all around, not just WWE but AEW as well, because it, it's good when we have alternatives. You know, it's more than one company succeeding, and I see AEW. They're, they're really cooking right now. You know, they got Double or Nothing coming up. That's, like, their big event, like their WrestleMania. So I see they got some good things coming up. Um, I know Impact, they're doing some things, too. I don't really keep up with any anymore, but I hear a lot about what's going on down there, too. Um, I just want the product just to be good. That's that's all we can ask for. There's, there's good stories, good matches, and ho- hopefully get some fresh faces in the title picture. You know, I know Roman's cl- Roman Reigns closing on a 1,000 Days, As champion. So I can understand why they want to keep the titles on. So for that, I can get that, you know, we already been through the whole Cody thing, but I understand why, why, because it's a thousand days, and they're most likely not going to get another opportunity like this for maybe another 30 years, maybe ever, you know? (laughs) It's not like being the Territory days, you know, with Bruno Samar. Right. You know, I think he was champion for, like, what, seven years or something like that? Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. So they said, look, they said for Roman to break Bruno's record, he would have to hold the title until uh backlash, which would be like May or April of twenty twenty-eight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Another five years. I, I don't think they're gonna do that. And plus by by that time Roman's gonna have, you know, aspirations to go into Hollywood and do other things. So Right. I just want the product to be good. Hopefully we get some new press space in the title place to mix it up. Hopefully they split the damn titles, you know, because they got the draft coming up in a couple weeks. So hopefully they split the titles up. You know, we get some new blood in the title picture. Um, you know, I just want to see a good product all around. Man.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, let me ask you this. What do you think about someone who people call this woman the best wrestler in the world? What about Sasha Banks? Sasha Banks.
2: Well, I'll tell you what. I haven't seen any of her recent matches from, in Japan. I heard they have been bangers, though. I heard that have been bangers and... They said, like, you know, after seeing those matches, they're saying, like, now they understand why Sasha had to kind of, like, slow down her pace for the other women in WWE. You know what I'm saying? Not knocking those ladies. I mean, they're doing what they can, and everybody's just doing what they're told according to the script. But, like, they said, like, Sasha, like, she's really been putting in some work over there in Japan. Like, she's, you know, like, she's really holding it down. She's holding her own, you know, in those matches, you know. She hasn't really had a whole lot, but she's really, like, putting it down out there, so...
1: Do you feel like as far as over here, the wrestling world is really it's missing her?
2: I think so. Like you could tell wwe you could tell there's definitely a void in the women's division in WWE too. Like ever since her and Naomi left, and that also left a bad taste in my mouth too. Um with them
1: leaving. And it's like they really A bad taste with them or a bad taste with the company?
2: Uh just a bad taste with the company. Because I, I just didn't like how they handled that. You know, it's like they made them seem like they was the villains and, and stuff, and you know, it was just like a whole lot of politics was going on. Then they went on camera and had Michael Cole. I know Michael Cole is doing his job, but had, made it seem like you know they just left and just didn't care about the fans or anybody like that. But we 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 know the story. We we, we read the reports and everything like that. Like it was just bad creative, um, bad booking. Like, and they just wanted to they wanted to really elevate the women's tag division. You know what I'm saying? Um, but they didn't want to do that. They wanted them to. Job to the two champions at the time, which is I believe was Bianca and somebody else. I, I can't remember, but I, I just feel like they they, could, they just could have did a better job with that. So, um, but yeah, they're definitely missing her. But I feel like Bianca and Rhea have definitely stepped up in her place. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, at least we have the EST and Rhea holding it down. But I do feel like they're missing uh, Sasha, or should I say Mercedes? So. And, you know, never say never. You know, like, look, everybody eventually comes back. Like, if Bre- look, if Bret Hartin come back, you know, I feel like we might get a Sasha Banks return at some point. Maybe not now, but a few years down the road, you know, we'll see.
1: You think we'll get a Nia Jax? Jack- I mean, Nia Jax did come back for the Rumble, but do you think, uh, think Nia will come back more? Or?
2: Uh, just like I mean, I did hear a buddy of mine in this Facebook group I'm in, he said he met Nia at a con right after the Rumble. And he asked if she was coming back, we want to see more of her. And he t- she told him that, you know, they're still working out the details. So, and, this, and the Rumble is back in January. It, we, we, we in April now. So, I don't know if they worked anything out or maybe they just went their separate ways. So, I don't know what's going on with that, you know.
1: Or, she you know, to get, I mean, to to make a run, you got to get ring-shaped. Yeah. to there's, there's ring shape for one event, and then there's ring shape to make a run. So maybe it's also part of it is working out details, but also she's got to get back in the ring shape, yeah, and too. Of, maybe. It, maybe. And that's
2: part of the reason why <clears throat> The Rock said he couldn't make it at WrestleMania this year because he wasn't in ring shape or whatever like that, even though we know he works out like six six days out the week, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I get what mm-hmm. you're saying. Like, being in shape is a lot different than being a ring shape. You know what I'm saying? So. Right, he he works out to to look the part for the movies, but he has to also get in shape and be conditioned to get in that ring too. Because you gotta remember, like you get in the ring, you probably have like to have a twenty minute, thirty minute match. You got you gotta be well conditioned for that. You know what I'm saying? So I understand why he why he backed out, why he didn't do it.
1: No, absolutely, man. So Tim, thank you so much, man, for coming on and talking wrestling, talking WWE. Um. Where can people, cause you know, you, you you know, for the theme song, it's your song. So where can people find your music, man? Where can people find Tim Lewis?
2: Oh man, y'all can find me on Instagram at Tim Lewis Music Official. You know what I'm saying? You can find me on Twitter at Tim the illest. That's Tim T I M underscore the T H E underscore Illis I L L E S T like Bianca Belair, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and also, I just dropped a new single, uh, Georgetown Freestyle, which you heard on the intro. It's out now, streaming on all platforms. Wherever you get your music, Apple Music, Spotify, everywhere. So please go check it out. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's doing it's doing really solid right now, and I'm really proud of this joint. A little something for the ladies. Also, just something to represent my area. I'm right from the DMV, uh, DC area as well. Um, and we got the video on the way as well. So just stay tuned all right follow me on my on my platforms you know you'll get more info on that but uh, i appreciate you daddy for having me back um we, we made it through an episode no technical difficulties <laughs> you know what i'm saying
1: that's right that's we were right talking
2: about the montreal screw job in the last episode and lo and behold i get screwed <laughs> out of yeah. the whole podcast so i'm glad i made it through this whole episode
1: absolutely i'm glad you did too man it's always a joy having you on always good talking with your brother so uh and we're, we're going to be talking more um because there's a lot to go a lot going on. We've got a new Dark Side of the Ring season four coming next month. So I want I want to make sure I'm holding you accountable on air. Start going on Hulu, catching up. Be ready for May. So we can have you on talking Dark Side of the Ring. Me and Jose both love that show. Okay. Now I want to talk about it with you. A hey, surprise, surprise, you ain't watching it. So that's hurting me. So Dark Side of the Ring. Get, get on that, everyone, and you too, Tim. Hey, no, but,
2: no, just, let, just let me know when to be here, man. Just let me know.
1: All right. All right, man. So for Tim Lewis, I'm Deremy Dove. Thank you guys for listening to Bigger in the Game with Deremy and Jose. Take care. Peace.